0: Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. Minutes after each live stream is completed, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook, and you can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. This is episode 121 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Monday, April 4th, 2022. If you think you've heard the worst about usurper Biden's pick for the Supreme Court, you probably haven't. By the way, I'll never call him president. He's usurper Biden. Details coming up on Biden's pick for the Supreme Court on today's bombshell episode of The Doc Washman Show. But first, yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer would not allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. And yes, we must keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, DocWashburnShow.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Now, I'm running for the Republican nomination for governor of the state of Arkansas. I'm the only conservative running. If you'd like to support what we're trying to do with that, the website is ElectDocWashburn.com, and that's where you can Um, contribute financially and or become a volunteer for the campaign. Now, I need to tell you where I'm going to be in the next few days. Thursday evening at 6, the Garland County Republican Party meeting at the McGrew building on Grand Avenue in Hot Springs. Thursday morning at 7 a.m., This will be a first. I'll be on the Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 The Answer Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Now, Dave did afternoons at KARN for 13 years. They fired him in 2014. I did afternoons for over the afternoon show for over seven years. They fired me in October 2021. But Dave and I have never been on the air together before. So this ought to be a lot of fun. Thursday morning, 7 a.m., The Dave Ellswick Show. 101.1, 101.1, the answer. Tuesday evening, the Valonia Political Animals Meeting with Jan Morgan and Conrad Reynolds at Pizza Pro of Valonia on Main Street, 6 p.m. Tuesday evening. Monday evening, Freedom Fighters of Circe, Monday at 6 at the Fellowship Church East BB Caps Expressway in Cersei. So that's what we have coming up. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who was telling me that he was talking to a friend, college-educated friend, who said that uh, she was afraid to vote for Doc because she didn't want a Democrat to beat Sarah. So even though she's college-educated, it immediately became clear to my friend that she didn't understand the concept of a primary May 24th, the Republican Party is going to have a primary. The Democrat Party is going to have a primary. Whoever wins the Republican primary will be the Republican nominee. Whoever wins the Democrat primary will be the Democrat nominee. And then they'll face each other in the election first Tuesday of November. Some people are kind of fuzzy on that concept. So be patient with your friends if they don't understand what a primary is. Because, again, how many years ago did they stop teaching civics in the state of Arkansas? Anyway, having said all that, i got to share with you something. Um, Tom Cotton, United States Senator for Arkansas, has done a public service with a deep dive into Judge Katanji Brown Jackson's soft on crime record, and I need to share with you what Senator Cotton put out there. Uh, I try to give credit where it's due, and it's it's he did a good thing here. Summary: This is on Tom Cotton's letterhead. Summary: At her confirmation hearing. Both Judge Jackson and Democrats on the Senate Judiciary Committee said that senators should look to her record as a judge to see what kind of justice she would be if she is confirmed to the Supreme Court. Although some Democrats also claimed that it was inappropriate to examine or ask Judge Jackson about that very record, the record itself is clear. Judge Jackson has built a career as a soft-on-crime activist and joining the bench during the Obama administration didn't stop her activism. She would bring that same leniency mindset to the Supreme Court. This document contains a sampling of Judge Jackson's soft-on-crime record, including the following examples, details for each are contained in the following pages. So here's what he's got. Judge Jackson twisted the law to reduce a fentanyl kingpin's sentence below the minimum set by Congress, while admitting that Congress had chosen not to give her authority to do that. Judge Jackson even apologized to the criminal for having to follow the mandatory minimum the first time around. Judge Jackson gave compassionate release to a criminal who had previously abused compassionate release, a temporary furlough, to brutally murder a deputy U.S. marshal on the steps of a church. Judge Jackson released him because he had high blood pressure. So she released a convicted murderer, a man who had murdered a deputy U.S. marshal on the steps of a church. She released him because he had high blood pressure. Judge Jackson sentenced a career criminal who assaulted a law enforcement officer to less time than requested even by the criminal himself. Judge Jackson has demonstrated leniency for child pornography offenders across the board and in every single case She sentenced the child pornographer to less than what the sentencing guidelines recommended. In one case, she gave a child pornographer a mere three months in prison when the sentencing guidelines recommended eight to ten years. And during the time when he would have been in prison, he offended again. Judge Jackson refused to provide more information about this case in response to a request in response to a request from all 11 Republican members on the Senate Judiciary Committee. Judge Jackson refused to give a significant sentence to a convicted child rapist who had falsified documents to avoid sex offender registration requirements and who was even working at a daycare in violation of his probation conditions. During the time when he would have been in prison, if Judge Jackson had followed the sentencing guidelines, he attempted another rape and bribed the victim to recant her testimony. Even then, Judge Jackson refused to give a significant sentence. Wow. What else did Senator Cotton come up with? Oh, I see. Detailed background for each one. So detailed background on the leniency for a fentanyl kingpin. Okay. Detailed background for the compassionate release for a murderer who killed a deputy U.S. marshal. Detailed background for an even weaker sentence than the criminal requested after assaulting officers. Detailed background for Across the board, leniency for child pornographers. And an incredibly lenient sentence for a child rapist who went on to rape again when he should have been in prison. Well, now let's. Uh, one of the things you can do on a podcast that you can't necessarily do on over the air radio is to get into the details. So let's do that. First of all, usurper Biden's nominee for U.S. Supreme Court, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson, and her leniency for a fentanyl kingpin. Senator Cotton addressed this case in Judge Jackson's confirmation hearing. In 2017, a self-described fentanyl kingpin, a longtime drug trafficker named Keith Young, was arrested with two one-kilogram bricks of heroin and fentanyl, a gun, ammunition, thousands of dollars in cash, and equipment used to cut and package heroin for retail sale. While at the D.C. jail awaiting trial, Keith Young was recorded bragging to others about his arrest, how he had just spent $180,000 on the heroin, and that he was a big boy and a kingpin. He also called his wife and brother to give them instructions to collect drug debts and run his drug business while he was in jail. At a confirmation hearing, Judge Jackson emphatically agreed that Keith Young was a kingpin. Because the government informed the court of Young's prior drug trafficking felony, there was a 20-year mandatory minimum that Judge Jackson could not avoid. At sentencing, Judge Jackson complained that the government filed the notice because it removed her ability to give Keith Young a lighter sentence. In the sentencing hearing, she even said that she shared the defense attorney's frustration because, unfortunately for you, this is in quotes now, the prosecution in this case has essentially removed that issue from this court's discretion. She also called it upsetting that the government chose to exercise its authority in this manner. Then she apologized to the drug kingpin, Keith Young, for having to give him a 20-year sentence. Specifically, she said, quote, Your crimes are not conduct that would ordinarily warrant the term of imprisonment that this court is legally required to impose in this case, and for this I am sorry, mostly because I believe in second chances and because a person with your characteristics and family support would have had a real shot at turning your life around, unquote. In the year 2020, less than three years into Keith Young's 20-year sentence, he filed a motion for compassionate release due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Judge Katanji Brown Jackson explicitly found he was not entitled to compassionate release, but also seized the opportunity to reduce his sentence anyway. While finding that Congress did not make the First Step Acts reduce drug trafficking penalties retroactively applicable to sentences imposed before the act's pac- passage, Judge Jackson also said she was going to twist the compassionate release no- motion so that it, quote, is almost as if I'm sentencing him for the first time today, unquote, because she said it was, quote, extraordinary and compelling, unquote, that his sentence was higher than the sentence she would have given him if she could have given him a lesser sentence before. Good grief. Well, that's mangled. As the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals wrote in July 2021, in an opinion written by Judge Michael Scudder, who clerked for Justice Kennedy the same year that Judge Jackson clerked for Justice Breyer, there's nothing extraordinary about leaving untouched the exact penalties that Congress prescribed and that a district court imposed for particular violations of a statute. Ain't that the truth. Yeah, that's, that's just nuts. But it continues. Other circuit courts have similarly found that non-retroactive changes made by the First Step, Act, First Step Act cannot serve as a basis for a sentencing reduction, and she did it anyway. Number two, compassionate release for a murderer who killed a deputy U.S. marshal. In 1971, LeVance Green hatched a plan to break his half-brother Randolph out of prison. Randolph had been allowed to leave prison to attend his father's funeral, accompanied by four deputy U.S. Marshals. In the crowded church, Green used the opportunity to free his half-brother, disarm three of the deputies, and shoot to death the fourth deputy, even shooting him twice, twice while standing over his helpless body on the church steps. Green then commandeered a car at gunpoint and was captured after a high-speed pursuit. Green was convicted of felony murder, premeditated murder of a federal officer, four counts of armed robbery, and rescue of a prisoner for a sentence of 35 years to life. Green repeatedly requested parole and was denied in light of the seriousness of his crime and his conduct in prison. See, in prison, Green continued to be dangerous, racking up disciplinary infractions for possessing a dangerous weapon and for threatening harm to prison staff. He even received another disciplinary infraction in prison at the exact time that he and his attorneys were preparing his petition to judge Katanji Brown Jackson, for release. Despite the re- repeated denials for release by the parole board and over the objections of the U.S. Marshal Service, Judge Jackson granted Lovance Green Kabasha release from prison in 2020. She cited his alleged health conditions, although his only actual condition was high blood pressure until he filed his petition for release, LeVance Green told prison medical officials he had no health complaints. To this day, LeVance Green's case and his brutal murder of a deputy U.S. Marshal are the basis of a U.S. Marshal Service guidelines that prevent other inmates from attending funerals or visiting dying family members in the hospital. But Judge Jackson doesn't care. She does care not care number three an even weaker sentence than the criminal requested after assaulting officers in 2013 a career criminal named David Jenkins was wanted on charges of assault with a deadly weapon when deputy U.S. marshals serving the warrant surrounded Jenkins' car Jenkins fled the front of his car and assaulted one of the deputies as he ran away. Jenkins continued to run for several blocks until officers caught up with him. He then attacked other officers as they tried to arrest him, forcing them to tase him to place him under arrest. This was not Jenkins' first time assaulting a police officer. He had been convicted of assaulting officers in 2007 and 2010, and also had prior convictions for drug trafficking, reckless driving, robbery, and kidnapping. Despite Jenkins lengthy, violent criminal history and despite his lack of remorse, judge Katanji Brown Jackson sentenced Jenkins to just 18 months in prison, followed by 12 months of supervised release. Followed by 12 months of supervised release. Her sentence was not only below the government's recommendation of nearly 30 months in prison and below the 24 to 30 month sentencing guideline range but also below the 21 month also below the 21 month sentence requested by the criminal himself. Grief. Number 4. Across the board leniency for child pornographers. Judge Jackson seems to have a particular soft spot for criminals who possess and distribute videos and images of children being raped. While the Democrats on the Senate Judiciary Committee tried to spin her record by falsely claiming that other judges are similarly lenient, the fact is that in every single case involving child pornography for which sentencing guidelines are available, Judge Jackson has sentenced a criminal below the sentencing guideline range far more commonly than the national averages among other judges. According to an analysis by the Office of Senator Ted Cruz, Judge Jackson's sentences are 57% shorter than the national average in possession of child pornography cases and 47% shorter than the national average in distribution of child pornography cases. Judge Jackson has never sentenced a child pornography defendant to the sentence recommended by the sentencing guidelines. In every single case, she sentenced a child pornographer to less than the recommended sentence. One case that was repeatedly discussed during Judge Jackson's confirmation hearing is her lenient sentencing for Wesley Hawkins, who was convicted of child pornography offenses in 2013 after he uploaded and distributed videos of young children being raped. Now, the sentencing guidelines call for approximately eight to ten years in prison, but due to a plea agreement, the prosecutors asked for just 24 months. Judge Jackson sentenced Hawkins to a mere three months in prison and did not even require that monitoring software be installed on his electronic devices. So, just a little bit over five years later, When Hawkins would have been still in prison, if Judge Jackson had followed the sentencing guidelines, Hawkins did something that caused Judge Jackson to send him back to the Bureau of Prisons' Custody for six months and install monitoring software on his computer. Senator Cotton asked Judge Jackson about this in her hearing, and she claimed that she couldn't remember what happened in the case. Well, According to some public reports, they claim to have leaked information. Hawkins was again seeking out sexual images of young children online, but when all eleven Republicans in the Senate Judiciary Committee wrote to Judge Jackson to ask for an explanation, she refused to provide any any additional information. Number five: incredibly lenient sentence. For a child rapist who went on to rape again when he should have been in prison. In 2010, Leo Weeks, then 25 years old, repeatedly raped his 13 year old niece. He was convicted in DC Superior Court and was required to register as a sex offender after his prison term. Beginning at least as early as 2012, Weeks continually falsified his address. For the sex offender registry, listing himself as living in D.C. when he really lived in Maryland with a woman he had recently married, Weeks also fals- falsely con- Weeks also falsely claimed to his probation officer that he was living in D.C. at the time. In 2013, the Court Services and Offender Supervision Agency contacted the U.S. Marshals because they were suspicious that Weeks was providing false information in his sex offender registration. They also discovered the address section of Weeks' marriage certificate had been blacked out with a marker, and the Weeks created a counterfeit pay stub to sell his false statements to his probation officer. The marshals investigated and found that Weeks was living in Maryland and was working at a daycare despite a restriction from working with children as a condition of his probation. Weeks also had a history of counterfeiting and identity theft. The government, citing the seriousness of Weeks' intentional misdirection and failure to follow the sex offender registration requirements, recommended a sentence of 24 months, the same sentence recommended by the sentencing guidelines. Judge Jackson sentenced Weeks to only half of that time, 12 months. After Judge Jackson's lenient sentence, and within a year of being released, when he would still have been in prison if Judge Jackson had followed the sentencing guidelines, Weeks was arrested and charged with first-degree sexual abuse after he tried to rape his sister-in-law. He also committed multiple other probation violations. After his arrest, Weeks also directed a bribe of $2,500 to his sister-in-law in exchange for her recanting her statement about his attempted rape, which she did weeks later, pleaded guilty to obstructing justice. Given Week's significant criminal history and his repeated rapes and attempted rapes, both the government and the probation office asked for Judge Jackson to issue a sentence of 24 months the second time. Yet again, Judge Jackson refused to give a sufficiently serious sentence. In fact, she made the sentence run concurrently with Weeks' local D.C. sentence for obstructing justice, resulting in Weeks only receiving 12 additional months. Wow. I got to tell you, this is very troubling. Very troubling. But Tom Cotton has the goods. Has the goods on this um, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. She is horrible. And again, this is a feature, not a bug. This is the kind of person that Biden and his handlers want on the court. They want more violence and more sexual violence in this country. They want chaos. You know, if that's not obvious by now, I don't know what to tell you. They want chaos. They're talking about, oh, we got to cut off everything from Russia because Putin's awful. Yeah, Putin is awful. But then they let him negotiate the Iran nuke deal with Iran, and we're not even in the room? Come on, man. Come on. I mean, you're taking this seriously? Seriously? It's outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. But I got more. I got more coming up. Um. First of all, though, let me just tell you how thankful, how blessed we are to have clients to have advertisers that make us able to do what we do like to mention something to you if you try to buy a car recently you realize there's such a chip shortage you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for people i know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website. that puts you in complete control of your payment options, allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry. Red River experts are still right here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button on it that says Explore Payment Options. Now, clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to, if you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver to your, your vehicle to your front door, no matter where you live in the continental United States, redriveryourway.com. You will be glad. You did. All right. Now, we're always talking about pushing back against the overreaching federal government. So let me ask you. Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? Now, if you answered yes to any of those questions... Got a website you need to go to, MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. That's right. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, beautiful, bold letters, affordable plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums. Personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co You click the big, beautiful red button that says Schedule Call Now, and you get a free consultation with my friend Art Wilborn, We'll make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. You'll also make sure that your personalized health coverage doesn't give you a plan that would force you to support something like abortion, something awful like that that would violate your deeply held religious beliefs. Once again, MyFamilyHealthPlan.com affordable plans save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. Click the big red button, schedule, call now. You get a free consultation with Art Wilborn. We'll make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. All right, now, let me, let me ask you something. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected or anything else. Jonathan Presswood can help you. What should you do if you leave a job and have a 401K or other retirement plan? or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement, call my friend Jonathan Presswood today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he will partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience that no matter where you are today? Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it'll take to get you there. There's no obligation. And by the way, you don't have to be in Arkansas. This is for the whole country. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments. Call him today at 501 303 48 44. Again, that's 501 303 48 44. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today. 501 303 48 44. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Remember, SIPC. All right. Now, let's uh, look a little bit more here. and this horrible judge that Biden wants on the U.S. Supreme Court. By the way, Whoopi Goldberg says you have a problem with her, it's because you're black. Because she's black, I mean, not because you're black. Whoopi Goldberg says you have a problem with this judge, it's because she's black and you're a racist. So the problem with that is a lot of folk, white and black, have a problem with this judge because she's soft on violent crime including raping of children. So all Whoopi is doing is, A, betraying her low IQ because she's really not very bright, and B, trying to project her racism onto other folk. Okay? It's like the judge has a get-home-free card because you can't dare criticize her no matter how much bad stuff she did because of her ethnicity, and that's not the way this country should work. Whoopi Goldberg doesn't like MLK. MLK talked about judging a person on content of his or her character instead of the color of his or her skin. Whoopi doesn't like that. She's a racist. She wants to judge everybody on the color of the skin. Anyway, this just broke a little bit ago over at Red State. the great Becca Lower at Red Red State. And the article is entitled, Newly Released Transcripts of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson Child Porn Cases Show Why She Must Not Be Seated on the Supreme Court. She says there have been numerous red flags about the fitness of Biden nominee Judge Katanji Brown Jackson to serve on the U.S. Supreme Court throughout her her Senate confirmation hearings over the past two weeks. Readers may remember the bizarre exchange in which Jackson told committee members that she could not define what a woman is because she, quote, isn't a biologist, unquote. The most recent example came on Friday when she answered a line of written questions from Senator Ted Cruz about natural rights by stating she didn't, quote, hold a position on whether individuals possess natural rights, unquote. But while most Republican senators are in agreement with Minority Leader Mitch McConnell that Jackson is unquestionably a no vote, it's possible that some of the usual suspects in the GOP somehow remain on the fence about this truly out-of-the-mainstream nominee. And, of course... There might be some on the other side of the aisle who aren't in lockstep with the far-left loonies in the Democrat Party. Now there's written proof that the previously reported revelations about Judge Jackson's extremely lenient sentencing in cases involving sex offenders were just the tip of the iceberg. On Friday, courtroom transcripts and prosecutor memos from the cases in Jackson, on Jackson's docket where defendants accused of distributing child porn were released. And I'll warn you in advance, some of the content is not easy to read as it involves crimes against children, even babies, and contains graphic descriptions. Well, you know, I'm just not going to be able to do that then. I'm not going to be able to do that. Yeah, this is is really, really graphic stuff. Really graphic stuff. I mean, to describe what is happening in these crimes is almost to sound pornographic yourself. Uh, so I, I can't do it, but, you know, if, if you need to know, it's over at redstate.com. The article's entitled, Newly Released Transcripts. Of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson, child porn cases show why she must not be seated on, SCOTUS, which is the abbreviation for Supreme Court of the U.S. As by Becca Lower over at Red State. I just, I, I'm sorry. I just can't uh, bring myself. Uh, I just can't bring myself to. Uh, To relay how bad it is because of the graphic nature of how bad it is. You know what I'm saying, Holmes? So sorry about that, but I've been sorrier if I had actually read how graphic it is. That just you know got to draw a line in the sand somewhere. Now, speaking of uh, drawing a line in the sand somewhere, there's a guy over on Twitter who calls himself Rance Out Loud and did a quote tweet on the breaking 911 deal with uh, Transportation Secretary former Mayor Pete Buttigieg. And he says, so they're going to ruin your life until they figure out how to keep the wind blowing and the sun shining indefinitely. So here's uh, Mayor Pete glorying in ruining your life. So less dependent on foreign oil, and that protects us from shortages at at fuel stations. But here's the thing to remember. Even if all of the oil we use in the USA were made in the USA, the price of it is still subject to powers and dynamics outside of the USA, which means that until we achieve a form of energy independence that is based on clean energy created here at home, American citizens will still be vulnerable to wild price hikes like we're seeing right now. Of course, the wild price hike we're seeing right now is um, the fault of Biden and his handlers, but that's okay with Mayor Pete. So as far as he's concerned, until we figure out a way to get windmills and solar panels on your uh, Ford F-150 truck, you're just going to have to deal with the price of gas continuing to go through the roof, and he doesn't have a problem with that. He has no problem whatsoever with that, and it's like I've been saying on the campaign trail, running for governor. This Biden inflation is intentional. His handlers hate us. Biden hates us. It's intentional. They see us as being beneath them, and they want to make us suffer. They want to make us pay for voting for Donald Trump twice. That's what's up. That's what's going on. That's exactly what's going on. Now, I was talking to somebody yesterday. I was invited to visit a church yesterday in Saline County, and that was wonderful. And I was talking to a lady after church who said that um, she was afraid of impeaching Biden because if you impeach Biden, you get Kamala Harris, and then Nancy Pelosi's right after her. I said, well, look, here's the thing. Remember, impeaching does not remove the president from office, or in this case, the usurper. You impeach in the House, you convict in the Senate. All you need to impeach in the House is a simple majority. To convict in the Senate, you need two-thirds. That's why no one who's ever been impeached was ever removed from office because the impeachment over in the House is kind of like the indictment. Whereas over in the Senate, you actually get the trial on the charges that were used to impeach in the House. Oh, my goodness. You know, when they impeached uh, Bill Clinton, Senator Dale stump, uh, Dale Bumpers got up on the uh, stump there and, uh, oh, man. Boy, he gave a stem winder speech about... Um, how bad the things were that Bill Clinton had done, but see, uh Dale Bumpers was also a Democrat, so it's not like he's gonna not like he's gonna vote to convict Bill Clinton, but he's just saying, you know, you really should be sorry for what you did. Great. Yeah. That's just great. But no, you're not gonna get any actual Democrats to vote to impeach Joe Biden. Never going to happen. So, you know, I hope that maybe people start paying attention, but you know, who knows? Who knows? Hard to say. So, Kamala Harris. This is an oldie but goodie. I think she did it last year, but for some reason it's circulating all circulating all over social media as if it is somehow new. So that's, that's really surprising. Anyway, Kamala Harris talking about uh, voter registration and people having to show some kind of ID. And apparently Kamala doesn't think people in rural areas are in any way able to photocopy. They can't use the photocopiers if they're in rural areas. Listen to this foolishness. It's... It's insane. Is agreeing to voter ID one of those compromises that you support? I don't think that we should underestimate what that could mean. Because in some people's mind, that means, well, you're going to have to... Um, Xerox or, or, or photocopy your ID to send it in to prove that you are who you are. Well, there are a whole lot of people, especially people who live in rural communities who don't. There's no kinkos. There's no office mats near them. People have to understand that when we're talking about voter ID laws, be clear about who you have in mind and what would be required of them to prove who they are. Of course people have to prove who they are but not in a way that makes it almost impossible for them to prove who they are. Do you catch that? It's impossible for you to use a photocopier if you're in a rural area. I wonder if she ever heard of a scanner. A lot of people have scanners on their computers. I don't. My wife has one at work. Just impossible. So, Kamala is not the brightest, not the brightest knife in the firmament, not the brightest bulb in the in the drawer. It's just um, amazing to me. So you you don't have to worry about Kamala becoming president if Joe Biden is impeached because you're not going to get enough votes in the Senate to convict him. So she stays right where she is, and he stays right where he is. I mean. That's that's how it would work. so why bother impeaching Biden because you impeach a resident of the Oval Office for high crimes and misdemeanors you know and he certainly certainly has done those so whether you you know even if even though you Look, the only person who ever came close to being kicked out of the Oval Office when impeached was Andrew Johnson. Andrew Johnson, the guy that became president when Lincoln was assassinated. He kept his office by one vote in the U.S. Senate. And John F. Kennedy, President John F. Kennedy, wrote a book. Well, it was ghostwritten for him, but you know, he came out with a book called um, "Profiles in Courage." As far as he was concerned, Andrew Johnson certainly was a guy who was a profile in courage. You know. even though Andrew Johnson believed, as did many Southern Democrats, that the Constitution protected private property, including slaves, and thus prohibited the federal and state governments from abolishing slavery. Nonetheless, according to JFK, Andrew Johnson was a profile of courage. (sighs) But here's the deal. Clinton was impeached, which means he lost the vote in the House. He wasn't convicted in the Senate. Everybody knew not one Democrat would vote to convict him in the Senate. Uh, Trump was impeached once when he was president and once after after Biden took office. And there were a few people in the uh, U.S. House that voted to uh, Voted against him a few Republicans, people like Liz Cheney. Mitt Romney voted uh, against him on one article of impeachment in the Senate trial. But, um, Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney. You realize that the uh, Wyoming Republican Party as they've repudiated her. They're, they said, you're no longer a Republican because she always criticizes Trump and she refused to go to um, county Republican meetings there in her home state of Wyoming. So, um, why did Sarah Huckabee Sanders endorse French Hill, the guy that Voted to keep Liz Cheney in House Republican leadership. She won't say. She won't say. It's one of the many, many questions she won't answer. Hey, Sarah, do you believe the election was stolen? She won't say. Because if she says, no, I don't believe it was stolen, she'd lose a lot of votes among Republicans in Arkansas. If she said, yes, I do believe it was stolen, then the logical question is, okay, Sarah, then why were you in Indiana fundraising with your good friend Mike Pence just a few months ago? You know? Uh, So anyway, there's no way in the world, you know, people say, hey, you're going to challenge her to a debate. She can't do that. I'd be happy to debate her. (laughs) I'm sure her campaign is well aware of that, but she, she can't afford to debate me. So in the meantime... I'm actually going all over the state, meeting with the people, the people she's trying to avoid. And we see that her campaign is reacting because now they're acting like she's meeting with people, but she doesn't like to meet with people because she doesn't want to answer questions. A few weeks ago, she was doing her statewide education tour, talking to educational leaders all over the state. Right? And I started pointing out, I bet they're all liberals. And all of a sudden, ooh, ooh, ooh we're not going to have leftist indoctrination in our schools. Where did that come from? I guarantee you she never would have said it if I had not made a point about it. they react. reacting. They're reacting, and that's good. That means that we're making an impact. And and obviously, obviously, it means that their internal polling is not going well for Sarah, and that's good. Look, everywhere I go, my message is warmly received. All over the state, people are telling me, hey, we, we never even heard of you before, but we're supporting Sarah, but we're, we're voting for you now. All over the state. All I have to do is get my message out to enough people, I'll be the nominee, and I'll be the governor. And I will bring this concept to the Arkansas State Government that I don't think has been tried before, not at least not in our lifetime. Do unto others as you have them do unto you. In other words, for instance, I will order the Division of Children and Family Services to stop taking children away from parents who love them To wear body cams when they're interacting with parents and children. To give parents Miranda warnings. To stop trying to force their way into people's homes without a warrant because the parents don't know what the rights are. I'll order the Agency of Long-Term Care to actually enforce the law and actually inspect nursing homes and close the ones where there are, are abuses and refer them for prosecution. If I'm elected governor... My office will work to make sure there aren't no homeless veterans in this state they are due federal benefits that a lot of them don't realize they're due do unto others you have them do unto you there's so much we could do there's so much we can do And so I appreciate your support. Go to our website, electdocwashburn.com. If you can uh, spare some financial support, we'd appreciate it. Also, that's where people say, hey, I want to volunteer. Whether you give any money or not, you can volunteer. My friend Scott Gray from Reopen Arkansas uh, does Zoom calls with volunteers all of the state all the time to organize them. It's a beautiful thing. We're so thankful, by the way. So thankful and so blessed that Scott Gray and the team at Reopen Arkansas are helping us in this gubernatorial campaign. We're also thankful and blessed for our advertisers. Like my friend Justin Minton. M-I-N-T-O-N Minton in Benton, Benton, Arkansas. Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations, and he sure helped me And all three automobile accidents I've had since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin seems to bring justice to clients who've been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury. Justin meant to make sure the mental law firm always works hard for you. So whether you're in a car wreck or on the job or you or a loved one suffering from the carelessness of another Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm 501-943-4195 or visit justinmentonlaw.com today. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, somebody just said on the Podbean app, Doc, Biden is planning to use veterans doctors to care for the influx of migrants coming over our southern border. Yes, illegal aliens. Tells you a lot about who Biden is and who his handlers are, doesn't it? They hate us. Whether veterans or not, they hate ordinary Americans and they're trying to punish us. All right. Let me mention another one of our advertisers. I'm on my way up there here in just a few minutes. As we speak live at three sixteen central on Monday afternoon, April fourth, of course, I am going to be appearing at the um, at the Freedom Fighters Rally in Cersei this evening at six. Before that, I got to go to the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center. So, let me ask you something: Do you have migraines? Do you have neck pain? How about back pain? How about vertigo? How about hay fever? How about acid reflux? Problems with your blood sugar, for that matter, even eczema. Okay, now look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture, picture of yourself. Do you lean to the left or to the right, whether you're standing up or sitting down? The answer to any of these questions is yes. You probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I get rid of my migraines, my neck pain, my hay fever. Let me explain how it works, because it's the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Okay, your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, or C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, your reproductive system, your circulatory system, your digestive system even. And, yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, acid reflux, even hay fever. I was shocked when my hay fever went away when I first got my atlas adjusted. I'll tell you that. Do yourself a favor and call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center. If you're in central Arkansas, call them. At 501 279 2009 for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. Now, if you're outside Central Arkansas, just go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on the tab that says Find a Doctor Near You. Okay? And I hope you can. I hope you can find one. Heard the latest from Fauci? This guy, this Fauci guy, he just doesn't know when to quit. Yeah, Fauci. Fauci on masks. This is today. The CDC has been very clear, as you've indicated, that in fact if things turn around and you have a rather substantial uptick... In cases that is associated with an increase in hospitalization. Wait a minute. He can't even use correct grammar? Cases that is associated? No, no. Cases that are associated, you knuckleheads. The CDC might turn around that recommendation and say, we've got to go back to indoor mass. I think there's going to be a lot of pushback on the part of the American public in doing that, although it would be the prudent thing to do. Although you're lying because you know masks don't work. And that's what I had to say about that. He's lying because he knows masks don't work. Okay. All right. Now, Having said that, oh, I love when we do this. Oh, this is fantastic. All right, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Don Washburn Show, Tweet of the day. And it's brought to you by Red River Your Way. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV, of your choice, the way you want to online, and also have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. Now this is a tweet with a video embedded in it from somebody who called himself Groupthink. John Cleese of Monty Python tears apart transgenderism in less than two minutes. And the funny thing is, these guys are dressed as if, well, the costumes look like something from like 2,000 years ago. But the whole time they're talking, you can hear jet airplanes going across overhead, and it's just hilarious in the background. Anyway, John Cleese, Monty Python, completely eviscerates the idea of transgenderism in less than two minutes. About less less than a minute 20, for that matter. Here we go. Oh, i got to turn it back up. Sorry. Here we go. Why are you always on about women, Stan? I want to be one. What? I want to be a woman. From now on, I want you all to call me Loretta. What? It's my right as a man. Well, why do you want to be Loretta, Stan? I want to have babies. You want? not Babies? It's every man's right to have babies if he wants them. But you can't have babies! Don't you oppress me? I'm not oppressing you, Stan. I'm not a womb. Where's the fetus gonna just take you? You going to keep it in a box. Here, you know, I've got an idea. Suppose you agree that he can't actually have babies, not having a womb, which is nobody's fault, not even the Roman's, but that he can have the right to have babies. Good idea, Judith. We shall fight the oppressors for your right to have babies, brother. Sister, sorry. What's the point? What's the point of fighting for his right to have babies when he can't have babies? It is symbolic of our struggle against oppression. Symbolic of his struggle against reality. Oh. You had to send that one to uh, Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson. He's struggling against reality, also. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. That would be pretty good. That's uh, today's tweet of the day, brought to you by redriveryourway.com. <laughs> let me let me just do that last little bit again. Symbolic of his struggle against reality. Ah, the boy is symbolic uh, of his struggle against reality. Man, oh, man, oh, man. All right. Having said that, got to get ready for the um, Freedom Fighters of Circe and the meeting this evening. And it's a six o'clock Monday evening. Now, if it's already Tuesday, then that, you know, that doesn't qualify. Fellowship Church, 1009 East, BB Caps Expressway in Searcy, 6 o'clock this evening, meaning Monday evening. So got to get ready for that. You've been listening to Episode 121 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us, and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a Terribly Messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the All New Doc Washman Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansur's Computer Solutions, seventh floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansur Sempier the tenth. That's the way it is. Monday, April 4th, 2022.